Happy March, everyone. <laughs> Here we go. I thought it would be best to launch the Ten Commandments series from a perspective of what is the Old Covenant? How do you approach the Old Covenant first? But as you can see, ten words, practical way of looking at the Ten Commandments, why then, why now? Uh, this will be the introduction just on how to even approach Old Covenant, how to even approach Old Testament laws, and then we will launch uh, over about the next 13 weeks between all 10 of them. Sounds good? All right, let's pray. God, we say thank you for life, health, and strength, God. We say thank you that in the midst of joy, we can be a comfort to others who are going through Thank you, God, for how you use your deacons week in and week out. Thank you, God, for how you use your church day in and day out to be a blessing to those who are downcast, those who are sorrowed, and those who are mourning. Continue, God, to illuminate our spirits through your holy word that our lights will shine all the brighter and we'll seek you and serve you more faithful, more steadfast, more immovable, knowing that our work is not in vain. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Uh, again, you see, hopefully you can see the words on that graphic, uh, but it's just one word per commandment, right? There are 10, that is worship, idolatry, swearing, Sabbath, honor, murder, cheating, stealing, lying, and envy. And what brings us here is, what is it about these 10 out of the 613 that exist. If, if, if a nation, if a people are quote unquote getting away from God, less people attending church, atheism on the rise, agnosticism on the rise, how can we as the people of God make sure we hone in on what we believe, right? And then how can we best understand the initial revelations of God in a world that seems to be losing faith and trust in God, right? So we will start it off like this. When you're approaching Old Covenant study, that is Abrahamic principle, Moses, uh, Mosaic covenant, Davidic covenant, anything prior than Matthew, there are some pillars and some principles to approach that study with. You may not agree with everything I'm about to say. In fact, given all the books on my shelves, I probably agree with maybe one of the authors on everything, right? It happens. But please understand it from a perspective of biblical theology, right? This is how the Bible speaks about its own revelation. First, it'll be in principle form, then we'll dive right in. If you're studying any Old Testament book, if you're studying any Old Covenant principle story, any of that, these are five principles that at least help you keep it all in context. Number one, most Christians have never belonged to the Jewish religion, right? I have never one day in my life been Jewish. So when I read their scriptures, 
not reading as a practitioner, right? Never been circumcised. And I, I said most because there are always exceptions to the rules. There have always been black Jews. Uh, simple as that, right? Number two, uh, we were never under the old covenant and therefore not obligated to observe its laws, rituals, and sacrifices. Emphasis on obligated. Emphasis on obligated. I mean, when you look at all the purification rituals and all the sacrifices in Scripture, I, that, that never was a function of my faith even prior to meeting Jesus Christ. So the trap to avoid is prior to meeting Christ, I default into old covenant religion from a biblical standpoint, and that's just not the case. Most of us were, are, were what the Lord would, would call God-fearers, right? Had a God-sensitivity, a God-understanding, but I was not practicing the laws, rituals, or sacrifices of the old covenant. Number three, the law of Moses is within the old covenant. The Ten Commandments form the core of the law of Moses, right? So I've got this old covenant. The law of Moses, basically Numbers, uh, uh, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, that's within the old covenant. Within the law of Moses, the pillar we will study, Ten Commandments. Right? The buckets just keep getting larger. Right? Number four, the old covenant laws gave the Israelites knowledge of God until Christ was revealed. Right? The issue in the Old Testament is the Israelites did not have the heart to obey God. One of my favorite Scriptures of all time chapters, when you get into Jeremiah 30, 31, 32, 33, best description I've ever read about it. That's why the book of Hebrews quotes it, right? Talks about God said, I'm, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to write my law on your heart. I'm going to put something within you that'll rid this problem the Israelites had of not having the heart to consistently, continuously have even the desire to obey God, right? The idolatry, the high places, right? Everything the prophets address kept interfering with God's plan, right? And that's rooted in the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? So the law has a purpose, but for us in retrospect, it's when Christ came that I had now the law of Christ, which is number five. Jesus Christ transformed the application of the old covenant. So even when you hear about a group called Jews for Jesus reading the Old Testament, they now read it more like you and I than people practicing Judaism. Because Jesus Christ transformed the application of the old covenant. Right? So when I read it, I am seeking the spiritual dimension within the old covenant for kingdom application. I'm seeking the spiritual dimension within the same books that 
the Jewish religion reads for kingdom application. Let me pause. Any questions about those five principles? Internal? All right. Um, Mary, Mary, how many you got? Thirty-seven minus you and Anna. All right, we are headed into breakout rooms. Internal. We can have one room here. Enough? Yeah, one. To discuss this question, what is the benefit? Let me stay on camera. What is the benefit of studying the Old Testament laws? Not to be confused with the books of history, the books of wisdom, or the books of prophecy. So we're not talking First and Second Samuel. We're not talking about Jeremiah. We're not talking about Psalms in which we all love. What is the benefit of studying the Old Testament laws? Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. That is the breakout room question. Have fun. One person report back. Go ahead and bless each other on the first day of March. Ready, Mary Mary? There it is. Have fun. Twelve minutes. Twelve minutes so everyone can talk. Welcome back. I would sing it, but this isn't torture. This is Bible study. <laughs> Everybody's back. Everybody's back. Let me see the top of your head. That's a little better. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's better. Got it. Oh, she done it. She's talking about the top of your head, socks. It's it's glowing. No, I was talking about yours. We can see you better now. Now, now. It's all right, socks. I'm headed in that direction, buddy. I'm, I'm headed. I'm right behind you. <laughs> I take a socks. Hi, Sheila. My my sister. How are you? God bless you. I love you, man. I love you, man. Uh, all right, we, we digress. <laughs> it's always good to do that. Uh, I don't know. Who's who? Five groups, Mary? Five. Group four. Let me hear from you. How do we know what group we're in? What breakout room were you in? Or never mind. If you're the spokesperson. Are we five? Yes. So you calling on us, right? <laughs> four. Who's four? I think that was our group of uh, digging socks. I think we were four. So yes, George took notes. So George is our speaker. Okay, George, back again. Yeah, Two yeah, weeks in a know. row, George. 
Oh, uh, the first the first comment. Well, what you, your question was is what is the benefit of studying the Old Testament laws and other books of history, wisdom, and prophecy of the Bible? Prophecy. The comment from the group is, or a few of the comments are, because we can see Jesus in every book of the Bible of Old and New Testament. Also, he said prophecy is an Old Testament is an Old Testament and proof in New Testaments. Also, he said, if I don't understand the Old Testament and lack what occurred, then I would make I can make the same mistakes. Another comment is, we have short memories of how good God is. Mm -hmm. Final mm -hmm. comment is, or oh, final two comments are, the Old Testament provides a foundation and to understand, oh, you know, continuation says, the Old Testament provides a foundation to understand God's plan of salvation to mankind. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, group four. Let's go group two. Again, what is the benefit studying the Old Testament laws? We said as a group, teach us how we should live, and it points out what the sins were, identify God as holy, be obedient, good history, and um, knowing your history, not making the same mistakes uh, again, and no one could follow the laws because it was incapable of, of uh, following the laws even though uh, God gave them to us. Thank you, group four. That's group two. Let's go one. I'll, I'll do it for the group. Um, what are the benefits of the Old Testament? And we said uh, you need to know what happened in the past so you can prepare for how you're supposed to control yourself under God's law in the future. I mean, in the present and the future. And also, it teaches us what Christ expects of us. And uh, it tells us about the hate, our behaviors based on our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then some of us said that we looked at the Old Testament as stories. Yep, yep, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, five. Okay, five. Okay, we'll group five. Okay, we came out with a few bullet comments. Uh, understanding the challenges lets us guide our current behavior and to desire us to reach out to God knowing our short, shortcomings, mm -hmm. and it provides us a roadmap to follow the Ten Commandments to keep us out of trouble, basically the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, yeah, thank and you, Group 5. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is it Group 1 that's left? 3. No, we reported. 3, three. sorry, <laughs> 3. Okay, this, this is Brother uh, Minichini. How is everyone? You can tell he's an usher. Okay, uh, he's the only one who asked how everybody else was doing. You can tell. <laughs> even on even on Wednesday. Even on Wednesday, Mike. Um, what is the benefit of studying the Old Testament laws? We can be so thankful um, of what the Lord Jesus did for us in his sacrifice. He is the Lamb. Um in the Old Testament law, mm -hmm. Exodus 12, verse 21, then Moses summoned all of the elders of Israel and said to them, go at once and select the animals.
for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. But the Lord Jesus, he is the lamb. And um, also, um, it is beneficial so we do not uh, repeat uh, history, um, understand our past so we can better understand our present. Mm -hmm. And it's also uh, beneficial, uh, benefits um, us by reconnecting with the Lord and, and we should know our family history. Um, we all, most of us know our family histories and our particular families, but it's, it's in the family of the, of, of God. It's important to know family his, history and where we came from. Yeah. Yeah. So thank that, you. that is what we discussed in, in our group. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All five groups. Thank you. Group six in person. Let you know who it is. Kelly, Deacon Sidney, Judy Duty, Jeanette. Vivian, Barack and Michelle, and Tim Brown. Good evening, everyone, again. Um, our group discussed um, the, the uh, question, the benefit of studying the Old Testament. And we heard uh, about the setting the foundation. But we'll, uh, we'll build on that. It also adds the guidelines in which we should be living by. Because uh, it, it lays out God's intent for each of us to live by. Although we fall short, um, we still have to understand what those laws are, understand there are consequences to each of those laws. I, I kind of liken it to the laws we have today that we have to live by. They're on the books. Now, how many of us live by those laws? But yeah, how many of us break those laws? Uh, so, Understanding what that foundation is and, and knowing how to operate within the, those guidelines. So God's intent for us are, are, those, are those laws. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Uh, just know you can flip that question uh, any different way, right? You can say, what is the benefit of studying the historical books? Chronicles, Kings, Ruth, Esther. What's the benefit of studying... Books of wisdom, benefit of studying the books of prophecy, right? Just to understand that the Bible is a type of library, but it has one author. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes on the Bible, Bible study, what have you, is that the Bible is the best commentary on itself. So always the key to remember if you get stuck somewhere on scriptures, not so much what did that writer say? What did that author say? And I thank God for people who plunged in and dedicated their whole lives to a topic, to a theological theme. But the Bible is the best commentary on itself. Eight scriptures. I need eight readers. We're going essentially book of Romans first and then some other new covenant scriptures just so we can have foundational conversations, foundational understandings of studying the Old Testament law. Here we go. Romans 2, first reader. And then I'll talk after each read. Judy's first. This is, this is, no. Well, uh, just Judy, come on. And then whoever's about to read, you take the second one. Bridget. So when the Gentiles 
who did not by nature have the law do what the law demands. They are the law. They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show the work of the law is written on their hearts. Thank you. All right. You started off by saying I've never been Jewish, right? But the mere fact that I saw somebody drop something, picked it up and returned it is a type of law I'm following. So as a non-Jew, that's what a Gentile is, right? A non-Jew, somebody who, who is not of the covenant. Anytime I tell the truth, anytime I mop a floor and put out a uh, floor's wet sign so people don't fall, which is the Deuteronomic law. Yes. Somebody. All right. Uh, you are practicing the law. So, again, so when Gentiles who do not have the law, right, do what the law demands. Notice, not what it says, what it demands. Right? They are a law to themselves. You're recognizing a type of morality, a type of virtue that exists in the earth and one of the purposes of the Bible is to direct uh, that search of morality, search for virtue back to God. That's why when Paul preaches in Acts 17, he starts off with, and the unknown God, he does that whole sermon to point them back to God. Say God used to wink at sin, but now he's calling everyone to repentance. Right? All non-Jews all over the world have a type of law. Second reader. Second reader, that's you? Okay, I'm sorry. This is Bridget. A person is not a Jew who is only, who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physically. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. Romans 2, 28, 29. Right. I, I personally think Romans chapter 2 in particular, a lot of people uh, seeking to understand and crack the code of the Bible, so to speak, they, they delve into Romans chapter 1, but it's in chapter 2 where you get the larger uh, human family justification for why Christ still applies, right? And this is it, right? Because a Jew is not just one by circumcision, <laughs> just like someone can get baptized just by going through the act, right? We're talking about inward change, inward change, circumcision of the heart, which the law could not accomplish. So you can recognize that you have been called as a group of people to observe a law, but observance, practice, ritual is not the sum total. That's what that scripture is about. And for reader number three, literally goes right into the next one. So we, of course, we've divided the Bible out by chapters and whatnot. 
but he's writing one letter and it goes right into the next two verses. Next reader. What advantage then, I'm sorry. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. Romans 3, 1 through 2. If I had to land on one scripture for the night as to why we should study the Ten Commandments, that would be it. Right? Because he's saying if, if, if you can be a Jew in more ways than previously thought, not because of who you adhere to, Moses, David, not that, but because you practice the morals, you seek the ethics, you, you go from God-fearing to practicing the morals and ethics that the Jews, quote-unquote, heard first, where there it is. If you deal with the original source of something, you've got to give them credit. Right? They were entrusted with the very words of God. You deal with the source. You deal with the source. The revelation came to them. That's just the way it works. Right? The reason why we deal with the Apostle Paul on the revelation to the Gentiles is because he received the revelation first. The reason why we lump Barnabas in there, right? Paul Barnabas, right? These these apostles to the Gentiles, right? Number four. Going all the way this to Roman sucks. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And that's Romans 6, 14. Right? They just... There came a problem where, and you and I can relate to this now, in, in whatever God delivered us from, in whatever God has healed us from, whatever vice, sin that so easily ensnared us, if I'm walking around mad because I can't do that anymore, that's not the same as living the Christian life from a place of freedom. If I'm, if I'm just mad, that I can't do drugs anymore, if I'm just mad that I can't go to a strip club, if I'm just mad that I can't gamble, if I'm just mad that I can't steal, if I'm just mad about these things, that, that, that's a different place internally from the freedom. E essentially, you're serving from a place of cannots and don'ts, not from do's. Lynn Sweet's favorite uh, quote is Christianity starts with do's and not don'ts, right? Jesus Christ, again, transformed the old covenant from a place of do. That's why he always uses the word go, right? So it's where it's coming from, where my redemption, where my renewal is coming from. It doesn't come from a place of pro prohibition or, or restriction. I've got new freedom to soar in heights that I never even thought because of the power at work within us. Last scripture from Romans. It's Kevin. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. 
for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. Romans 7, 7. Thank you to all the readers. It's kind of like the kid, don't touch the fire, don't touch the stove. Right? A little bit of that going on. Now, I want to I wanna draw your attention to one thing. In the last two scriptures, notice he says, we have been released from the law so that, uh, no, he says, but now by dying to once bound us, right? Recognition, recognizing that the law was binding in a sense is different than the beginning of verse 7, recognizing it wasn't sinful, right? You see, you see he doesn't use the same words there, right? The law wasn't sinful, check. But, but the written code had a type of binding piece to it. And when you look up the word religion in its original language, as the gospel use it, that's what it means. It means to, to kind of be bound uh, all over again, right? So many of the stories Jesus told, so many of uh, uh, what's underneath so many of the stories with the Pharisees and, and restrictions, it's because they tried to put this taxing measure on people to keep the law to the point where you might as well just not even try. Might as well just not even try. It was so taxing. It was so much of a burden. That's why he said, Socks, take my yoke. Right? My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Because this thing y'all trying to do... All right. It just, just makes no sense, right? So that's the book of Romans on the law. Hopefully that helped put some things in context, right? There's some other new covenant scriptures to consider. There are five of these, I'm sorry. So five more readers. Kenneth. Yes, sir. Kenan, can I, before you go there, can I ask a question? Yes. Deacon Sock, that uh, fourth verse down there, uh, oh, you went back, Romans six fourteen. In, in, I think you might have the scriptures from the CSB. I'm not sure. But in Romans 6.14 in King James, and, and it, reads, it clears it up for me a little bit. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. Yeah. In yeah. the version we read, it says under the code, the written code. But that grace does something for me. Just a comment. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, Romans 5.678 right? The great crescendo in chapter 8, right? What shall separate us, right? It, it's the entire argument of under law, under grace. Under law, now under grace. Under law, he, he's just trying to convince us, basically the entire book, but it heats up in Romans chapter 5. You were under the law, now under grace. Way of the Spirit, newness of the Spirit, especially in Romans chapter 8, right? Thank you, Deacon Sox. Five more scriptures that can kind of help illuminate where to situate the law in biblical study. Five readers. This is Angela. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. That's Hebrews verse 6, 17. So whenever you're dealing Hebrews chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, right? Another kind of Romans 5, 6, 7, 8, right? It gets real good when you dig into what the author's really trying to get at. 
And it may seem meticulous, but I promise you it's beautiful explanation. Why? Because the Bible is the best commentary on itself. Reason why I chose this scripture is because of that phrase, the unchanging nature of his purpose. And that's always been relationship. So it's, God, it's what God has wanted all along. From day one. No two ways about it. That relationship became uh, right relationship, redemptive relationship, right? That he still makes a way for us to have right relationship, right? Abraham was considered justified by faith. You and I are considered justified by the blood. Right? Next scripture. This is for there, for if there has been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. By saying a new covenant, he has declared that the first is obsolete. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 7 and 13. Thank you. Uh, I suffered through the original languages, right, in seminary. I assure you, you don't need to look up what obsolete means. It means obsolete. <laughs> Although you and I never had to adhere to it, unless you've been Jewish, I, I do not make that assumption for everybody by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, for those of us who came as Gentiles, non-Jews, the benefit of the old covenant law being obsolete is what we just talked about in a sense. It's just the burden that comes with it. And the makeup and, and the, the make goods you have to do for breaking the law. As I believe Michael's group read, the sacrifice is once and for all now, right? That's Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9. One-time sacrifice. Higher priest, not Melchizedek, because he came before Levi. I've got a big brother higher than that. I've got a priest higher than that. Right? So although we never had to adhere, although we were never obliged under the law, free from the, from the taxation of trying to keep it. Because remember, there are 613 laws. 613 laws. You can't wear two fabrics. I mean, my goodness. Right? A lot of purification and ritual laws, right? So stories like uh, uh, the 10 lepers that are here, the leper that goes back to say thank you, those take on new meaning when you understand the law and what they had to live through as being lepers, right? Uh, next scripture. Four, Help me out, somebody. Wait a minute. Uh, who's that, Faye? Yes. And whoever else that was, take the next one, please. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Galatians 3, 8. Thank you. There is no serious study, biblical study on the topic of Old Covenant, New Covenant without Galatians, the third chapter. 
just it cannot be done. It is beautiful the way it reads uh, from top to bottom, even chapter four. I mean, Galatians three and four, it, it gets gooder. Right. Uh, I included this verse because you got to be careful uh, with your understanding of the gospel. Of course, right? I'm a gospel preacher. Right. The tomb is empty. But this verse and this translation speaks to a type of gospel that even Abraham heard. Right. All nations will be blessed through you. This is Paul looking back. So he has the benefit of that. But I love the way this reads, right? And announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, right? We just talked about that word justified, right? Gentiles justified by faith. That's you and I. That is you and I. Next scripture. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Galatians 3, 23 and 24. Wonderful how it reads, right? This is about five more minutes. We'll be done. Wonderful how it reads. You get language like custody and guardian, right? Puts new dimension to it. Custody is not penalty, it's not sentenced, right? It's, it's custody. It's not, it's not the worst of what could be. Judy's a probation officer. She's looking at me. Right? The guardian. So the law was... Thanks for the correction. Uh... Verse 24, so the law was our guardian. It's another way of looking at it, right? Right? Yes, it was taxing. Yes, the Israelites didn't always have the heart to keep it. But it was a type of guardian from what could have been worse had they had no law. How much more idolatry, right? How much more misuse and abuse taking your slaves back after the year of Jubilee and you were supposed to release them. How much more? Right? Uh, correction. That Hebrew scripture is chapter 8, not chapter 7. It's my typo. Last scripture. This one comes straight from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Matthew 7. Matthew 5. Some... Don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill for truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Thank you. Right, Matthew, primarily Jewish audience, trying to show that Christ is king, right? Christ is Messiah makes it a point to put this story in there. You don't get it anywhere else. Not in Luke, not in Mark, not in John. Right? That I came to fulfill the law goes back to principle five where we started. That Christ came to, has a, has a type of transformation for the old covenant study and application. Right? 
Now, when he says law and prophets, he goes beyond law of Moses, right? He says prophets, and in Luke, as we looked about three weeks ago, he includes Psalms too, right? So he takes the biggest uh, sample size of the Old Testament. All right, hopefully these help. Any questions right here? We got one more scripture and then we'll be done. Any questions about Romans on the law and how we read it, how we relate to it, or these other new covenant scriptures on the law? Yes, question, Pastor Deacon Freeman here. Um, you said uh, Hebrews 8. There are two Hebrews uh, verses that you... Uh, have tonight which one were you referring to should be eight uh the chapter yes which 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 of the first two verses oh, one, the is one. Hebrew Hebrews, six, is hebrew 6:17. uh the second one seven that seven yep. should be a eight okay yeah thank you yep thank you all right last one this officially launches us into 10 commandment study i'll read this one this is what happened after the Israelites heard the Ten Commandments, right? This is their reaction, and this is what will get us into our study. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Here it is, verse 20. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. That's the benefit of reading the Old Testament laws. Right? Type of fear of God. That's in the healthiest sense, right? That's, that's the healthiest sense of the term. Just to remember that God is sovereign and that God is to be worshipped in an awesome way. Emphasis on all. A-W-E. Right? And to keep me from sinning. Simply put, you don't give laws unless something is horribly wrong. And the question that becomes, why these ten? Why were these ten in the, the, the most egregious violation? Right? What was it about them that struggled with those 10? What is it about us that can struggle with those 10? That's where we're headed one by one. Any final thoughts, questions? So that, um, that kind of ties up to, to the last bullet comment I made for our group chapter, I mean, group five. Yeah. Because we said it provided us a roadmap to follow the 10 commandments to keep us out of trouble. Yeah. So that kind of ties it all together. Yeah. The do's and the don'ts. Yeah. When you read and the story. And it says here in, in, in verse 10, uh, 20, it says that the last part will keep will be with you to keep us, keep you from sinning. Right. So that kind of kind of ties together. Yep. Just a comment. Yep. Thank you much, right? When you consider a story like Achan in Joshua 7 and how he had to be dealt with. Right. He literally because he stole, he had to pay a type of penalty. Right. Had he kept the commandment, maybe he doesn't have to do that. Right. Right. Jesus transforms that woman caught in adultery 
tells everybody, hey, if you ain't got no sin, go ahead and launch them. What'd they do? They started clapping to prove that they don't have any stones in their hands. Right? right. He transforms the Old Testament law. Thank you much, everybody. I'll see you next Wednesday. Let's pray. God, thank you for the revelations and the awesomeness of your word. Thank you, God, that we can see you in the highest in your word and your plans and your purpose, not just for humanity, but for our lives. Bless us as we travel home and let your word find a resting place in our hearts as we prepare to worship you on Sunday. In Christ's name, amen.